Thanks to Quip for supporting Motley Fool Answers. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash fool right now, you'll get your first refill free. This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick. Wait, 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 wait. I th- I thought you invited me here to do drunk history. <laughs> no, that's, that's coming. That's I coming. Mean, oh. Are you already drunk? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I had a roadie to get ready for this. Okay, do whatever you're gonna Bro, do. Bro, <laughs> guess what? It's our fifth anniversary episode. Congratulations to us. And who better to reminisce with us about what has changed in the last five years in the world of money and other trends? It's Deanna Yoakum, our own Stu Sutcliffe. Oh, Who's that? <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Rick appreciated that. It's the fifth Beatle. Oh, wow. That, wow, that's wow. really embarrassing. Left we before the Beatles yeah. became big. Yeah. So that's but, a, I launched you guys. You did. And you are the composer and performer of our, of our theme song oh, from so... Beneath Your Blankets. Right. Yes. What? <laughs> Is that uh, your band name? <laughs> actually, that's a really good band name. No, no, no. We had to, to for, for acoustical purposes, we had to. Uh, Put a blanket over our heads when recording that, so the so that the xylophone sounded just as sweet. <laughs> and it, <laughs> as does. it does. And it does. It does. Yep. It sounds so it good. Yep. It sounds so perfect. All right. Well, Diana, thanks for joining us. Thanks for getting the band back together. So great to be here. All that and more on this week's episode of Molly Full Answers. Roughly five years ago, I had an idea, and the idea was to hang out more with the people I liked at work. And so I finagled bro, Diana, and Rick into doing a podcast and getting our bosses to sign off on it. Thus, Motley Fool Answers was born. Aww. Aww. So 262 episodes and 10 million downloads later, here we are. And so much has happened in the last five years, such as... Bitcoin. AI. Pharma bro. Brexit. Pot stocks. So much good TV. Equifax hack. IPOs and Fang became a what? Uh, let's see. Oh, loved ones who've passed away. Sorry, not loved ones. <laughs> well, so I tell some me. of them. <laughs> I mean, tell me about your relationship with Bogle that I didn't know about, Diana. All right, we let's all and, Bogle. and other stuff happened. <laughs> yes, it surely did. But we thought that we'd bring you back, Diana, here some five years later from launching this podcast to talk about what were some of the biggest trends and um, things that happened in the last five years over in the world of. Money. Uh, money things. Money things. Money events. Yeah. Five. So we have, what, five of them? Six five, of them? maybe six. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess before we start, uh, Diana, you are at Her Money. I am. Now. And so. I'm working with Jean Chatsky, who you know from the Today Show. One of my all time faves. Yep. She's awesome. She's yeah. really delightful in real life, too. Yeah. Uh, yep. I'm working with them uh, at the site, hermoney.com, and all sorts of other projects that we we do. And mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yay! Yeah. Well, I'm thankful that you were able to come back and join us. And even though you're off to bigger and better and awesome <laughs> things, you still remember us when. <laughs> I do. The little people. Yeah. Bro, how about you kick us off? Well, over the last five years, big events. Number one, stocks. So our very first episode. <laughs> stocks! <laughs> stocks! 
Our first episode aired on December 16th, 2014. At that point, the S&P 500 was at 1,973. As of this taping, it's at 3,190. Throw in dividends, that's a 75% total return, almost 12% a year. That's pretty good. So I'm not saying that we're responsible for that good performance. Mm, but you're lunch, welcome. But it's probably mm-hmm. not just a coincidence either. Absolutely. Uh, not. A couple other return figures for you. International stocks not done quite as well. 5.8% average over the past five years. Allison's and fault. Allison's fault. <laughs> to be fair, we only went to a couple other countries, so we didn't really do our part to stimulate the international economy. That's true. We got to work on that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then good old bonds returned 3% a year. So there are three notable investing milestones at least to me, over the last five years. So, go over those very quickly. Number one, the NASDAQ finally exceeded its dot-com peak of 5,000. So, it hit 5,000 in March of 2000, and it didn't get over that until 2015. Then it fell back below 5,000, and then it got over it again in 2016, and now it hasn't looked back. So far, at least. We're now at about 8,900, and the largest ETF that tracks the NASDAQ has returned 16.1% on average over the last five years. So, pretty good. Number two, 2018 was actually not so great. Depending on what your asset allocation was, you lost maybe 5 to 10% on the decline on your portfolio. Not horrible, but it was the first year since 1969 that both stocks and bonds declined in the same year, depending on which bond index you looked at. So basically, the only asset class that made money in 2018 was cash. And then number three, stocks finally beat bonds, at least for this century. So we're all big investors in stocks because we believe that they outperform cash and bonds. But actually, if you had invested $10,000 in the Vanguard S&P 500 fund and $10,000 in the Vanguard Total Bond Market Fund on January 1st, 2000, it was not until 2017 that your stock investment would have beat the bond investment. Then 2018 came, and then stocks fell back below. So at the end of 2018, they were neck and neck. What? Yes. However, because stocks have done so well this year, what you have now, if you had invested that 10000 in the bond fund, you'd have 25500 31000 stocks. But that outperformance of stocks is all due to just this year, since 2000. So, it's just another reason why we here at The Motley Fool emphasize that you have to be a long-term investor. Mm-hmm. And that's number one. All right, Diana. I think a notable thing that happened in the past five years was the rise of the robos. Mm, our robo overlords took over <laughs> our portfolios. Um, and a robo advisor, for those who, uh, who who don't know, it's an automated investing service uh, that manages a portfolio, and it's based on your timeline, how long you have to invest, and your risk temperament. So they do the, you know the quiz, and they automatically build a portfolio, typically of index investments and ETFs. That um, uh, that's well diversified, and the they rebalance it on a regular basis, so that basically you don't have to do anything. You let them manage your portfolio. The fees, uh, and by them you mean the robot, but yes, some sort of right. AI, just yeah, <laughs> computers. Don't worry about it. Right, cloud computers. Just computers. That's the answer to yes. all of this. Uh, you'll pay typically um, 0.25 to 0.50. Uh, in a port, as a portfolio management fee, it's pretty low. But here at the Motley Fool, I know you guys really look uh, take a hard look at fees, and individual investors can probably do better than that. But again, this is a convenience, and it is a low cost way to really be hands off, but still be an effective investor. At the end of 2015, Robos were managing about 60 billion in assets. Today. 
they manage just shy of $1 trillion. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And they're expected to cross the trillion-dollar milestone just next year. Wow. So the growth of, of consumers using robo-advisors has been huge. And it's not just fintech companies. Um, right, like Betterment, Better, Wealthfront, yeah. all these are startup. The biggest robo-advisor is actually Vanguard's personal advisor services. And uh, they manage more than $100 billion compared to Betterment, which is the lo- largest fintech that's um, robo-advisor. And they manage around $15 billion. Mm. So the big guys got in on the action, right? And that can uh, account for a lot of the growth. But also, uh, financial planners or wealth management services, this was a great way for them to manage client portfolios, to cut their costs of doing so, but also provide that service for folks. So, I think we shall will continue to see a growth in robos and also a growth in the sophistication of the types of services they offer. Yeah, along the lines of that, you've also seen the rise of target date funds. Mm-hmm. So I think it, uh, one of the broader themes is that people just are offloading more of their investment management. I love target date funds. The benefits of the robos are that the robo you you take a questionnaire so that your outside allocation is very unique to you, at least based on your risk tolerance. They also claim that they're more tax efficient, which probably is true. Yeah. Um, but you add that into the growth of index funds, people are just more of taking a hands-off approach to investing. Mm-hmm. All right, bro. Number well, three, the latte factor backlash. Ooh, so for many so years, a lot of hate. Right. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know the latte factor, it probably started back in the '90s with a guy named David Bach, who was a Morgan Stanley financial advisor before he became a financial author. Um, the principle is that depending on which book or article you read, that if you give up your daily coffee that costs you three to five dollars a day, you invest that money over forty years, you'll have two million dollars or something like that. And I mean, no the math, joy. The math works. <laughs> the math works. The math well, works. It does. I mean, we've of. gotten we've gotten emails from listeners who argue very strongly that you should forego. The latte, right? So, and it's just, again, it's associated with David Bach, but a lot of other people have jumped on that. So, Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank fame told CNBC in 2017, "Do I pay 250 for coffee? Never, never, never do I do that. That is such a waste of money for something that costs 20 cents. I never buy a frappe latte. Blah blah blah. Woof woof woof." Now, does he, but will I spend $250 on a bottle of wine? Yes, yes absolutely. Of and my suit costs more than right? half a year that, yeah. of mortgage payments right. for you. Exactly. Well, we'll get to that, too. And then earlier this year, Susie Orman came out with a video and said that, again, the same sort of deal. If you do this, give up your coffee, invest it, you'll have a million dollars. Uh, she said, quote, you are peeing $1 million down the drain after drinking the coffee. Colorful, Susie. Do you really want to do that? No. Make coffee at home. Every penny counts. It's not a need. It's not a need to want. And she said, I don't even do that, and I can afford it. And chances are, you can't. So, oh. <laughs> thus began the backlash. <laughs> yeah. The backlash. So, lots of articles came out about it. Um, uh, in a uh, a span of a month, two articles came out with the F word in it. So one was Barry Ritholtz, financial advisor and journalist, wrote an article titled "Buy Yourself an Effing Latte," and then a month later, Sally Krawcheck, the CEO of Elvest, wrote uh, "Just Buy the Effing Latte." I believe on her money there was the effing latte is just a metaphor, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here the criticisms came down to this. So first of all, the, some people did criticize the math, either it being just inaccurate or overly optimistic because they assume you would earn like 12% a year, which is a little bit more than the stock market has done over the long term. 
Two, it's focusing on things like small things, but not focusing on the big systematic issues like wages not increasing very much, like the increasing cost of healthcare and college and school loans, gender pay gap, cost of childcare, all these things that are really important are really explaining why people have trouble getting ahead. Um, and yes, the advice is coming from people who have expensive clothes and have their own private island, like Susie Orman does. Um, uh, and then the other one was that it's from Sally Krawcheck in particular was that it's sexist. A lot of these, uh, the way it's explained, it's not like give up your six pack, it's not give up your martini, it's not give up your tech day. It's focusing on the latte, which the stats do show that women drink lattes more than men do, and so they saw it as a lot of mansplaining. Um, so. As for me personally, uh, I'm kind of mixed on it. Right? I understand that there are these systematic issues that do need to be addressed. Um, things like the decline, the decline, like the defined benefit pension, that has certainly been tough on people. That said, if you are among the millions of Americans who have, don't even have $1,000 in your bank account or behind in your retirement savings, if giving up your coffee means you can invest another $1,000 a year, doing that for 10, 20, 30 years, it will make a difference. But totally give up avocado toast. <laughs> well, that's the next thing, right? That's what it's moved on that to. Was, yes, that's the new version of yeah, the yeah. latte. And I think that I, I, I agree with you. The problem with giving up the latte uh, is, besides the math issues we have behind it, is are you really going to save that money? Um, it is a small luxury people have. Better to spend your energy instead of every day lamenting the fact that you're drinking, you know, the awful work coffee is to look at your biggest expenses and sweat the big stuff. Yeah, I totally so, agree. Yeah, you can save, you know, months worth of latte money by calling your insurer and negotiating a better rate yeah. on that. Uh, by doing the the uh, research before you buy a home. Yes. By making very conscious decisions on these big ticket items that will make a significant difference in your personal finances over time. All right, Diana. Number four. Number four. Let's call this the Robin Hood effect. Oh, are we talking about Robin Hood? <clears throat> we are talking about Robin Hood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not not the person. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so Robin Hood, the app, it launched officially launched in 2015 with a pretty compelling value proposition, and that was, you pay nothing to trade stocks. Free stock, free stock trading, zero commissions on stocks and ETFs. One of the drawbacks was that you could not open an IRA on Robinhood, but that's another matter. So, last year, the number of users on Robinhood actually exceeded the number of people who, use, who trade on E-Trade. Wow. Yeah. So this year, the brokerages finally gave up the fight, and they uh, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, and basically everyone else saw the writing on the wall, and they eliminated trading fees. So now, this is the era of cheap stock trading. The next wave that you're going to probably see is the ability to buy fractional shares, and already. Here again, the young upstarts like SoFi uh, and Stash are leading the charge. Now more brokers and Robinhood are are adding the feature to to their platforms as well. This is great, great, great news actually for the small dollar investor or even even the big dollar investor when you're looking at stocks with prices uh, with pretty high prices like Amazon uh, and t- 
Tesla. For example, when SoFi uh, added the feature of fractional trading, ownership of Amazon shot up 271% among its users. Wow, users. Yeah. yeah. So the fi- and Amazon's one of the top five stocks on the apps now. Um, also included Apple, Disney, Microsoft, and Tesla. So this was a really big development. It makes buying and selling stocks a lot cheaper, a lot, um, available to the masses. However, I would also argue this might not be a great trend because it because when it is so cheap, it might encourage people to overtrade. So really, if you buy a stock, you want to be a long-term owner of that business, right? Right. If you know that it's not going to cost you any money to get in and out, you're going to be watching the market and trying to time, you know, oh, stock went down, human nature, got to got to dump this thing. Uh, oh, it's going up. I better get on board. So all of those things do not help you with your with your overall returns. So as long as it doesn't affect the way that you trade, go ahead. Great. Take advantage of this. Zero dollars for a trade is certainly better than the you know five to ten dollars that it was uh, in previous years. As we pointed out in the show, one of the ways that they are able to do this is they pay you nothing on cash. Yep. So if you were going to have a lot of cash on the side, those are not the the accounts to keep them, or actively look for a better option than just the sweep account. That's the default. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how within a generation, because of the internet, an individual trade has gone from what twenty fifty dollars to. Nothing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, even Where before had... the internet, like if you you had to call your broker uh-huh. to do it, yeah. you paid like one or two percent of the trade mm. on top, like twenty five dollars plus one percent, something like that. It was really expensive. Wow. All right, and the last one, bring us home, bro. Well, it's the old interest rate roller coaster. I know this is not very exciting, but regardless, it was one of the <laughs> but biggest stories. But if you stories. say the word roller coaster, that roller almost makes coaster. it sound exciting. So after the Great there. Recession, the Federal Reserve drove down rates to their lowest points just about ever. But then the Fed finally raised rates in 2015, announcing it on December 16th, our one-year anniversary. Aww. Again, not saying we were responsible, but <laughs> interesting coincidence. Uh, then the Fed initiated a series of nine hikes through 2018, and so that affected everyone's finances. If you were a saver, that was good, because you could finally get something on your cash, over 2% for a while there. Um, if you were a borrower, that was bad, because those costs went up, credit cards went up very quickly, um, very sensitive to the increases <laughs> in interest rates, not so sensitive to the decreases in interest rates. Mortgages went from 3.6% on a, 50, a 30-year mortgage up to almost 5% as of about a year ago. Uh, and then that and all what changed. Are they now? <laughs> right. Well, so then the Fed just had three interest rate cuts this year. So now mortgage rates are exactly back to where they were five years ago. The 10 year Treasury, the yield on that is actually lower than it was five years ago. Um, credit cards still up there. Um, so the point really for this is five years up and down, haven't gone anywhere. And the big takeaway for someone like me, who for years has been saying interest rates have to go up, and just about everyone else has been saying that, well, we're finding out that maybe that's not true. Maybe interest rates can stay down for a very long time. I love getting that note from from uh, my mortgage company, the, the pre-printed one that says, you could save this much money if you refinanced. It's like, you could no, you're not going to save anything if you refinance at this point. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Well, there we go. Our five biggest moments and trends of the last five years. It's been a heck of a five years. It has been. It's, it I really mean, it's has. been largely good. 
Money-wise, right? Money-wise, it's been a, it's been an exceptional year. But I mean, we didn't even talk about how low the the unemployment rate has gone over the last mm-hmm. five years. Generally speaking, it's been a good year for money. Good, good five, five years, years. Good five years for money. Yeah, and again, it's five years that we've been around as a podcast. So coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You are propping up the market. <laughs> Just keep listening, folks. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. As soon as you stop, who knows what will happen? <laughs> Thanks to Quip for supporting Motley Fool Answers. Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, want you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It is simply this. If you have good habits, you are good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly. Quip makes that simple. Their electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months with free shipping. Diana, how do you feel about a Quip? I love, uh, Quip actually makes brushing your teeth very stylish. I know. It's wow. so cool It's looking. a beautiful it's very product. Cool it's really well designed. I have the gold one. Mm, very nice. But I'm always surprised. I'm like, really? Still 30 seconds on this? It's 30 seconds feels like four years. But that's <laughs> how, what long, you need. how long were you yeah. brushing you your teeth? Maybe I years. accidentally hit the button over Well, and it's over. two minutes. The whole time is two yeah, minutes. No, yeah, I know. It's... it's it is a lovely experience. <laughs> Join Diana and over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash fool right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash fool, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash fool. Quip, the good habits company. Welcome back. Ah, oh, what a strange five years it's been, huh, bro? <laughs> it has. So this is the super, super self-indulgent part of the show where we're going to look back on some of our favorite moments and laugh. And um, hopefully you'll laugh too. Hopefully but you'll laugh. Perhaps too. not quite as much as we will. No, because there's some moments here where I'm probably going to stop making sounds. I'm laughing so hard. Anyway, bro, do you want to kick us off with one of your favorite moments? Well, if there's anyone here at the Motley Fool who I would consider the coolest guy around, it's Johnny Weathersby, who's not only a cool guy, but he does like a thousand push-ups a day. Uh, and for the for the uh, St. Valentine's Day episode in 2016, we came up with a series of financial pickup lines. And we invited Johnny in to read them for us. And uh, so here we go. All right, Johnny, take it away. The music's so good. All right, ladies. Oh. If you join my plan, I'll match your contribution. (laughs) My interest in you is compounding by the minute. Hey, you wrote that, didn't you? Want to come back to my place and see my pink sheets? My portfolio includes a number of diverse positions. So bad. Oh, I want to hold horrible. you for the next horrible. three to five years. Baby, can I get your digits? I'd like to put in a call option. I would like to extend the maturity and duration of this bond. Tonight, let's role play a hostile takeover. Our merger would create synergy, deepen our integration, and open up opportunities for vertical and horizontal scale. Let's get together and create a few spinoffs. Okay, this, this was before Me Too, right? Yes, I want to get one up on your Wall Street. 
Put up on your Wall Street. <laughs> I'll be the monger to your buffet, but in a sexy way. <laughs> I wrote that one. Yeah. <laughs> if he's available tonight. I don't know. I'm just curious. Oh, all right. So for me, um, one of my favorite moments has to be one of my biggest guffaws and mistakes uh, that many of our listeners already are going to know what I'm about to say. But we were doing, I think we were doing a show about like states and what different states are known for. And somehow I did some really poor research, speaking of being bad with numbers. And um, I don't know, Rick, do you want to play what I say? And then when I, my mea culpa about saying it. According to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, the states with the highest alcohol consumption are New Hampshire, Washington, D.C., and Delaware. In New Hampshire, their per capita alcohol consumption is about 4,600 gallons. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of booze. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Wow. <laughs> I know. A moving truck delivers alcohol. <laughs> right? And all bro says is, wow. <laughs> wow. And I just keep on going because I have no idea what comes out of my mouth at any point in time. And so then our um, the woman who transcribes our episodes was like, did you really mean to say 4,600 gallons of alcohol? That the average person in New Hampshire drinks 4,600 gallons of alcohol per year? I was like, no, I did not. So I got back on the show. To say, hey, everybody, I made a mistake. It happens to everyone. And then I just ended up crying. I was laughing so hard. Also, in our previous episode where we did a little tour of the United States, I accidentally said that on average, people in New Hampshire drink 4,600 gallons of alcohol a year. How did I get any work done? They're always in the bathroom. This is so ridiculously inaccurate. Like I can't believe I can't believe it came out of my mouth. And, and nobody and didn't, nobody I didn't say anything. Said anything. So it's not forty six hundred gallons of alcohol. How many is that a day? I know it's like over ten gallons of alcohol a day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me. Uh, it's actually four point six. Slightly, slightly different. Yeah, so there we go. So that was my big my big mistake. Rick, your turn. Sticking on the theme of alcohol here, but um, from a different perspective, this comes from one of our listeners in a, a letter written in, and I'll let Allison read the letter here. Here we go. Past Allison. Allison, you got to check out your podcast at half speed. I was listening to your book recommendations as they flew by and tried to listen again and again, and finally I put it on half speed. What I found, aside from titles, was that you guys have a great drunken guy-gal voices. It was great fun. I'm serious. So I was like, okay, really, how funny could it be? Um, and so I went and I listened, and it's it's pretty funny. I was just going to play it on my phone and get your guys' reaction. I'm thankful that we all have a higher standard of living. And uh, oh my gosh. let's talk a little bit about the meeting. I love you all. I've had such wait, a crush wait, wait, on you. Allison, you want to hear what I sound like? Okay, let me see. This is pre- we can take it just to the back, the beginning of the show. It's pretty funny. Wait, yeah. Little less peppy. Little less peppy. <laughs> this is Molly Fulanters I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined as always by Robert Brokamp. 
personal finance expert here at the Molly Fool. So I'm Jack Daniels. Advisor on the Molly Fool's Pool Your Retirement Newsletter. Get some. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Thanksgiving is just a couple days away, and today we're going to talk Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. Get some. <laughs> Allison literally just spit her drink across the table. I'm joking. I literally <laughs> thought that I was safe to drink some water, but I wasn't because I was drinking water right as I heard myself say, get some. <laughs> and so I literally spit take on the floor. Yes. Okay, so that's fun. <laughs> Why don't we recover here? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. I forgot about that get some. It was so perfect. Okay, I'm fine. All right, Diana, you're not off the hook, though. Because we happen to have a favorite moment, <laughs> at least for bro and me. This was one of our favorite moments back in the early days of the show, where I don't know why, but you decided to dig into the Social Security archives and tell us about what were popular names throughout the years. Do you remember why you did this? Yes. In my defense, <laughs> I like to come prepared to these things. Yes, of course. And, you know, it was the topic of Social Security, so I thought, well, let's have a little fun. Fun, yeah, fun, that's true. Let's totally make this a laugh riot and look at some of the fun things you can find on the Social Security website. Yeah, fun. I was promised fun. And then you decided, nah, let's do baby names instead. (laughs) All right, Rick, let's play the clip. Let's, let, Rick, let's not play the clip. <laughs> you know what is fun on the Social Security <laughs> oh, website? <laughs> it has an area that's devoted to baby names by birth year, oh, by yeah. decade. And so I did a little research, guys. <laughs> Settle in, everybody. Yeah, here we go. This, this is where I spent most of my research time. In the 2000s, the number one male name was Jacob, and the number one female name was Emily. Oh. Those are good names. Yeah. <laughs> this is growing me feigning Michael interest. I am interested. Yeah. And then second place, Christopher and Ashley. Yeah. Michael and Ash- Jessica again in the 80s. And then Christopher again. And Jennifer were the second. <laughs> okay, I see, I'm, I'm seeing where this went yeah. In the wrong. 60s, Michael again. <clears throat> and Lisa. Lisa stays up there. Well, it was number one in the 50s. <laughs> James and Mary. Uh, so I always heard Robert was number one in the 50s. I have to look Ro- that up. In the okay, 30s, see, you were engaged. Robert and Mary. No. You're fault, and, bro. And then Robert yep, and Mary yep. are pretty much the most popular names from the 1880s <laughs> to through the 1930s. Robert and Mary or John and Mary? Oh, sorry. Robert and Mary. Robert and Mary. <laughs> sorry. Robert and Mary. <laughs> in the 1790s. <laughs> yeah. I only, it only goes back to the 1880s. And yeah. <laughs> So, from the 1880s to the 10s, what do you call them, 1910s, John... Oh, <laughs> oh you're not done. Oh, no. Okay, the, you let this run. Rick. Can Rick. we go back to talking about Social Security? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some actuarial tables. So bad. In 1520, Elmer made a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I only go back to the 1880s, Robert. 
But how would they know? Is Social Security didn't begin until I the don't 1930s? know. Um, <laughs> it's on SSA.gov. I oh, I got a little it. plug in there for them. I think of John and Mary from the for, 1880s. For the two people that were still <laughs> listening to the episode <laughs> yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So good. Wow. So good. I can't believe you guys kicked me off the show. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. And Rick, I think you have one last clip, and that's to commemorate. Well, this is a feel-good moment. I just happened upon it. It was in one of these other shows that I was digging up the clips from, and it is... Your first postcard. Our first postcard. Oh, wow. We have received, I don't know, do you think it's safe to say over a thousand postcards over the last sure. five years? I mean, a ton. A ton from our faithful listeners. So who was the first card from? I asked you, our dear listeners, to send in postcards so that I could post them on our wall. Um, and one of you heard me. So I want to say thanks to Shoots, who's over in Montana. He sent not one, not two, but three postcards Aww. from Yellowstone, West Shoots. Yellowstone. Um, and he not only did he share these postcards with us, which I need to put up on our wall, um, he also sent along a letter, and I thought uh, had a really cool idea that I'm going to share with you guys now. So he writes, I also wanted to pass along a travel tradition from our family. We have two kids, one is four and the other two. Each time we travel with them, either my wife or I write them a postcard describing what we did on that day as we traveled. We mail the postcard, and when it arrives in the mailbox back home, we put it in a little box that contains all of their postcards. When they get older, we expect to give them a box full of postcards from all of our trips our family has taken. What a great Uh, idea. Isn't that an awesome You still think that's a great idea. You're nodding your head. You're like, oh, man, I wish I'd done that. That's exactly what I'm thinking. What did he name his kids? Because his name is Shoots? (laughs) Ladders. That was a throwback to the Social Security thing. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> wow, you slowed down in your advanced age. I don't know. Just make better jokes, oh. Diana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Still got it. Still got it. <laughs> I can be spiteful. <laughs> I bet we can be even more self-indulgent, though. Hey, how about we give each other presents now? Da, 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 it's the da. annual present exchange. Oh, this is awkward. Yeah, I know. You didn't bring anything, did you? I, but we didn't oh. ask you to. Oh, God. Oh, I got a foot this year. Oh, whoopee cushion. Hannah loves a whoopee. She's going to be so excited to get this again. So for those who don't know, Bro um, wraps his presents every year. Uh, by putting his face on the color copier at work and smooshing it around. And it's terrifying, but this year he opted for hands and feet. I got one with with all the toes marked with little, and there's little faces on every toe. And there's a little uh, Santa hat on each toe. That's, that's, That's a lot of work went into that. You know, your feet could look worse. Well, thank you. I mean, those aren't bad looking bottoms of feet. All right, who wants to go first? Yours, oh, your presents are going to be the best. So we'd open yours last. Yes, you can open mine first because they're the least impressive. Which one? Oh, this is well, yours? Well, you haven't opened mine yet. Yeah. Do we right, open let's them at go. the same time? They are mildly fragile, so just be careful. Do we open them at the same time? Sure, yeah. Okay. They're all sort of the same. Ooh, Ooh wow. Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. I got a Kermit <gasps> ornament. Mine no. is so Did the best. Did you 3D print these yourselves, Rick? This Three. is amazing. I got a baby Yoda ornament. I got wow. a Jewish star with cellos ornament. This is brilliant. Rick. And xylophones. They didn't come out so well in the print, but those but are xylophones. They are xylophones. On the outside, yes. And I got Kermit the Frog. 
Thank you, Rick. Hey, snowflakes for everybody. Everybody's a snowflake. Wow, that's really these cool. Are, these are from a 3D printer? Yep. I take back everything bad I said about your gift giving. <laughs> these are awesome. It's the best thing since the limerick. Aww. The limericks were really amazing. The limericks were very sweet. All right, bro, you get to... Should we all do we all go at the same time for your present too? No, well they're all different. Oh, okay. Ooh, these are Game of Thrones dragon egg candles. Yes, yes. Do you, you know we did Game of Thrones trivia at the pub, and uh, our team just like dominated. We were amazing. Well, you are a big fan, so when oh, I saw that, beautiful. I thought of you. Thank you. Sure. Oh. Right, shall I open mine? Sure. And again, how embarrassing. I didn't get you anything. No, you, your presence is a present enough for us. Self-journal? So it is a productivity, prioritization, oh. and gratitude journal. Dayan and I, over the years, have talked about our struggles <laughs> with focusing on things. <laughs> I have this journal, and I like it quite a bit. So I thought maybe you would like it, too. This is great. It's an actual, it's a useful. It's actually useful. Like, wow. This is very thoughtful. Sure, sure. And I'm sorry to everyone who I made fun of gratitude journaling to. I started doing that this year. Yeah? It's really amazing. It really Aww. is. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So, sorry for my cynical and sarcastic comments. That's why we love to you. To your faces and behind them. <laughs> On the less purposeful side, bro got me the uh, Kenny G keeping it sexy board game. Which, uh, Read the description on the back on how the game works. That says about me, but... <laughs> Kenny G, keep it at Saxy. Read, yeah, read uh, it, keep read it, it Saxy. Help Kenny G, the world-renowned saxophone superstar, keep his groove through a hectic day. Work together to overcome uncool events, detangle those luscious locks, and avoid rush hour traffic without missing a brassy beat. It's a soothing combo of strategy and cooperation. Wow. Wow. So good! <laughs> now we know what songs we need to play for this episode. Yeah. Um, you know how much I dislike Kenny G, right? <laughs> I, that's, why, that's why I gave you two gifts. Yes, and a Millennium Falcon micro kite, which is totally going to fly. Oh, cool. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. That is yes. perfect because it is so imperfect for Rick, <laughs> who, who is a big board gamer, by the He's way. He's a big board gamer. Rick, why don't you go again? You can open up this present, too. All right, it's very heavy. It's very heavy. It's got uh, snowmans all over it. So this Snow is people's. something that Ooh. a friend had, and they don't make this book anymore, so I had to get it used. <laughs> this do, you, is, do you have this book? Yeah, well, this is an audio present here. No, I do not have this book. This is The Sounds of Star Wars. Ooh. Oh. It's a big book with a bunch of Star Wars stuff in it and a uh, some buttons on it. And you put in the sound. code to make the sound, and they tell you how they made that sound. What? Cool. I know. Oh, oh it's, it's Chewbacca. Yeah, but then they tell you that they combined bear noises with like lion noises. And yeah, walrus is in there too, I think. Since Rick is so good at making sure that we sound good, That's and you love Star Wars, I, I was like, why haven't I not? Why haven't I bought this for him before? And I'm sorry, I had to get it used, but it's, I think it's in pretty good shape. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'll go. I'll go. All I'll right. go. It's my gift from so, Allison. So, bro. Yes. Um, as we know, what I know about you is that I opened up my, I had a calendar reminder for December 1 of this year. And it said, you can go ahead and open it. <clears throat> and it said, make bro something that says you're not as bad as you think. <laughs> 
And I was like, why did I do something that says you're not as bad as you think? But I'm like, okay, there must be a reason for it. I must have said it to him one day. And you quite literally. So, and then I was like, well, what else does bro love? Well, he loves Star Wars and he loves Christmas. And so what's more Star Wars and Christmassy than the Star Wars Christmas special, which is about Life Day. The Wookiee Wookiee celebration of Life Day. The Wookiee celebration of Life Day. So I um, embroidered you this thing that says Happy Life Day. You're not as bad as you think. And it's got a little Wookiee on it with a Christmas hat. That is awesome. It is adorable. Thank you. It's awesome. And meaningful. (laughs) Handmade. Yeah. This is is outstanding. Amazing. Thank you. Thank Thank you so very much. Maybe it'll encourage you to go watch that. Star Wars Christmas special it's yet again. It's unwatchable. It is. It is quite something. It's unwatchable, which is why it's so funny to say you're not as bad as you think, because the Christmas special is as bad as you think. <laughs> it is literally unwatchable. All right, and so Dayana... The songs. The songs are so... <laughs> the songs. Well, Carrie Fisher sings, right? Oh. Yes. So this is something that... So for those of you who know or don't know, the whole reason I work at The Motley Fool is because Dayana used to work at The Motley Fool. And so this is a little present to say uh, that you are A, one of my favorite writers. And thank you for everything, including being my friend and podcast host and Motley Fool coworker. This is so, I wish that, is the film gonna show? Uh, Probably not. It's a necklace with um, writing nibs. Writing nibs. And that it's really beautiful. Yeah. So when I saw that, I immediately thought of you because you're such a good writer. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> and you always have great jewelry. You win Christmas. Thanks. Man. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I like the snowflake. I mean, the snowflake. <laughs> really no, I totally yeah, understand. No, that is quite something. That's very Aww. nice. <laughs> so happy holidays, thank you guys. You. And to all our listeners. And to all our listeners, thank you for uh, not just listening through this whole self-indulgent episode, but also for listening the last five years. It really has been such an awesome treat for us to do all these years. It's so good to be here. I know. You want to come back? I'll come back. All right. Well, if you guys need more Diana, and I know you do, she writes for her money. Um, Anything you want to tell our listeners for where to get more of you? uh, You can text word her money one word to 888 and you will have the opportunity to opt in we'll send you a newsletter with a bunch of great content awesome to manage your money and it's it's i mean it's stuff you're it's, helping produce so it's gonna be good right and gene chatsky it's an awesome solid. group over there yep Very solid. awesome thank you again for coming back and thank you for being the reason that we've been doing this for five years and helping us kick this off so long ago. I love you guys. I love this show. You're doing an amazing, amazing job. So just keep the stock market going up. We'll keep doing it. All right. That's the show. It's edited heartwarmingly by Rick Engdahl. Our email is answersatfool.com. If you want to give us a present this year, hey, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hopefully a good one. We'll... I really appreciate it. All right. For Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Stay foolish, everybody. Everybody.